And now, broadcasting on Star Worldwide Networks, it's In the Green Room. Green is in, but what does that really mean for you? Join the gang for a fun and energetic half-glass, half-full perspective to what and how sustainability is the lifestyle for the future. It can really affect everything you do, from your health, wallet, environment, money, even your morals. So our goal, to help save the planet one show at a time. Now, welcome to The Green Room. Welcome, everyone. We're here at in The Green Room, and I'm Kinga. I'm Brian. And I'm Quita, and we are your hosts, and you guys know that motto, it's saving the planet one, one show, show at, at a time. time. And we're so excited about the show tonight because we are definitely, we've got guests on here who are definitely doing their part of saving the planet over and over and over again. Would you agree? We have one of the best guests tonight. He's uh, so green, sustainable. He's been doing many years of of service for our country to help uh, make this world a better place. Uh, Barry, can you say hello? Barry Goldwater, Jr. Thank you, Kinga. Brian. Yes. Vita. Nice to be on your program. We're so happy to have you. (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, Brian. Our yeah, other we have Steve Clark, who's executive director of AZ Elk Society. Uh, Steve and I were just briefly chatting. He's doing so many things, including helping veterans, um, helping our, uh, you know, our water conservation. Um, you know, yeah, I'm excited to have Steve on and talk. It's, it's There's right. a lot of correlation with what we do. Yeah, I would say, yeah, yeah. definitely. Just learning about them, I was so surprised. It was It's shocking how much you guys will learn tonight because I had no idea they did all the things well, that they I'm do. Well, I'm learning about this Elk Society. Yeah, you know? right. When you told me you were going to have the Elk Society on, I said, well, what do they do? Right. What are they doing? What is Why it? are they on? And how are they helping save the planet? So uh, that's exciting, right? It is, yeah. And then we are going to be uh, having a little jam session with Mills in. They've got some rock and roll coming up. So, you know, we got to have our live music because... Music so healing. Is healing. It's definitely healing. It's so healing. Right? So Right, Barry? Sounds like a complete program. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm not sure. Barry. I don't know. I don't know if I fit into this or not. Barry, oh, come on. You're gonna be a, a segment uh, <laughs> called Barry Talks. Barry Talks. There we go. I like that. Do you like that? Let's go. Let's so start, what, what would you talk about? Talking. Yeah. Tell us. What would you talk about? Let's talk about energy. <laughs> yes. Energy. You gotta have energy to light the light bulbs and run the cars and Keep our cities going. Keep our warm. Well, but well, the question us. is: the question is, where do we get that energy? Tell us. Historically, Barry. we've all got it from fossil fuel, and of course, some nuclear. But today, the new ethic is renewable energy, and uh, everybody supports it. But our utilities, which have a monopoly over energy, have dug their heels in. And they are not uh, not not being they don't they don't like the competition I don't think, mm-hmm. and they're kind of slowing things down. So that's where I'm at. Well, and Barry, um, your background 14 years in Congress. Wow. But in 1970s, you started the electric car phenomenon a little bit. You started bringing emphasis to that, and you've always <laughs> been an advocate for clean energy and renewable energy, way back. And so. This is not something new. I mean, and it's funny because um, we're trying to do things better and leave things a better footprint for the next person. But it's about the right thing to do now. Efficiencies, cost of living. It just makes sense. And Arizona, um, that's the perfect market. Why we don't do it enough 
It is because of the gorillas. And, and we can talk about it and talk about it and talk about it, but you're getting things done. And that's why you're now part of our show, because we are making changes and getting businesses to start recycling and make changes and recycle their glass. And we want you to collaborate with us. So, Barry, okay, go I, 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 I grew, to, grew up in Arizona and learned from my father the importance of maintaining our environment and how precious it is. He used to take us camping as little boys and the little girls, my sisters, all over Arizona. We'd walk through the forest. He once said there's more strength in, in one pine tree than you'll find in many men or women. And he would say that if you walk through the forest, you're walking with God and don't ever forget it. Mm-hmm. And so he instilled in me a long time ago an appreciation for that. And then when I went to Congress um, at the age of 29 from California, uh, in 1974, you had an energy embargo, which all of you are not old enough to have appreciated, but you're Parents stood in line to get their gasoline. And the president, Jimmy Carter, at the time declared energy war on energy independence. And the Congress followed suit and created all these energy committees to try to move our energy independence forward. Now, uh, today we're fighting this. We're trying to get renewable energy into the system. But we don't realize that this effort started 30, 40 years ago when we had this oil embargo and the Congress and the president created a national policy to become energy independent. Well, we got plenty of fossil fuel around, but not a lot of technology at the time that would harness uh, renewables. And it was all started back in there in those days. And I was assigned to a committee called the Energy Research uh, and Production uh, Committee. We held all kinds of hearings and we we pumped a lot of money into geothermal, into solar, into wind, into OTEC, into low-head hydro, into fusion energy, and into the non-military application of nuclear. Uh, so there was a lot of effort to started this and launched all this renewable effort and this investment by universities, by federal laboratories, by state and local government, all contributed to accelerating the... the um, the, the technology uh, faster than it would normally under market conditions. So all this I- investment we're starting to see come to fruition today. We see landfills that we're starting to tap in and get the biogas out of. We see uh, geothermal becoming in- online. Uh, low-head hydro where you can generate right down here on one of the canals. We have a SRP as a low-head hydro plant that's generating electricity. Uh, rooftop solar is, has generated thousands and thousands of jobs all across this country, and especially in Arizona. Uh, so there's been uh, this all this effort that started back in the 70s, we're starting to see the result of. But some people and in some industries are dug their heels in or trying to slow it down. And, and what would you say is the biggest culprit? Why? Good question, Change, uh, change. Uh, the uh, utilities in this country... Uh, uh, have made a great contribution to delivering reliable energy. Uh, but now we're starting to see competition with other sources of energy. It's not only just the sun or uh, harnessing uh, hydro or geothermal, but we have new forms of energy coming along like hydrogen. We could very well be uh, a hydrogen economy not too long from now where you would go down to a Home Depot and buy a, hydrogen, buy a, a box 
and then buy a hydrogen fuel cell, slap it in that box, you don't need the utilities. There's a lot of change going on in the utility industry, and the utilities have got to get with the program instead of of, uh, of, of not fighting. Uh, uh, fighting instead of fighting them, get out in front and be a leader. They could help uh, ex- and and help all this renewable meld itself into the process and become part of that utility. But they've been fighting, especially rooftop solar, and um, and slowing the industry down. SRP eliminated rooftop solar. And as a consequence, wow. there had not been any new rooftop solar installed in SRP territory. Nevada did the same thing. The rooftop solar industry left Nevada. But, but we're, that's what our show's about, is raising awareness. And, and people that are listening tonight all over the world, uh, we, we, we want to recognize that we all need to make changes and speak up to our government about all these green, sustainable uh, like solar and energy mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all that, because if we don't speak up, if we're just quiet, it's going to stay the same. Well, and the only way we can save our planet is if we all, you know, get vocal about it. You're right, Kinga. And, and the other thing is, is Arizona for job growth and industry growth with technology and clean energy. We have such an opportunity and it, it's, it just behooves me that we can't start making the investment and have the dialogue to start this because our market is so, I mean, you know, I understand I'm in commercial real estate, so I know that the buildings here, if you look at our market as opposed to, say, Oregon, 5% of our buildings are, you know, clean energy or, or LEED certified, where if you go to Oregon, you're looking at more than 50%. And we have, we have the climate, mm-hmm. we have the technology, mm-hmm. we have the workforce from ASU School of Sustainability. We have all the mixes to make this a great place and and Barry you're still really involved in in doing things I mean we we had the pleasure of getting Barry on quickly but he was on a tour last week going from here to there to here what do you what are you working on now Barry well I I'm under contract to uh, <laughs> Solar City and I'm going to all the states where they're they're fighting the utilities are trying to push uh, rooftop solar back so I go around and testify, and I speak, and I, uh, and I help legislation try to find a common ground so that utilities and renewables can all exist and work together. And so that's what I'm doing, traveling around, working on that kind of thing. But if you just take Phoenix alone, if you take every warehouse, when you take off in an airplane, you look down, you see all those warehouse roofs. Every one of those roofs ought to have a solar photovoltaic electric generator on top of it. We can do that just like ASU has done. They are almost zero in need of the utilities. Mm. Every roof, every, every, every shade awning, every parking garage at ASU has a solar photovoltaic on top of it. And we, we, uh, we got to thank uh, the leadership of the president of ASU f- for showing what you can do if you just decide to do it. Every building ought, and every house ought to have rooftop mm-hmm. generator and, and thermal. Hot water. I've got, a thermal, I've got a thermal hot water heater on my house and I've had it for 10, 10 years. Recognizing the, the establishments that are taking advantage of that, like El Charo, uh, our In the Green Room always meets there. We were there the other day with you, Barry. Don't tell everybody where I've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that, for that to come yeah, out. That ruined my <laughs> reputation. Well, I, I, I like mentioning El Charo because that, that restaurant is very green and sustainable and they do have solar there. And I, I made the mistake of calling Tim. I, I said his last name 
uh, last week, I think, incorrect. I, I said Tim, uh, our goodwill Tim. And yes, it's, and that's okay. But, and, but <laughs> his name is Tim Moore, Tim, Tim and Christy Moore that own El Charo. And I wanted to mention the restaurant because I love, I love the, the whole establishment. Well, and, and Barry, another thing, I mean, you know, with any industry, one of the fears is being moved on out of the way. And that's probably one of the fears when it comes to utility money. So is there something we can do to help smooth it over, to help the utility companies actually want to help us and not have so much fear? I mean, what's the real, how do we get around it? Well, the great thing about America is we are a, a democracy. We are a people of free, free individual souls. And we have the freedom to express ourselves. And if you're not heard, then you're not heard. And the utilities need to hear from, from the individuals that they want reliable, renewable energy, regardless of what it is. We want the utilities to be leaders in this. We don't want them to tell us, no, we can't have it. Uh, the, the utilities should be leaders in this, and they're not doing a good job. They're down there at the Corporation Commission with a big, big sign that says no, instead of, yes, we can do it. We can work together. We can get fair pricing so that it'll encourage the application of renewable energy. That's, that's what's needed is leadership from the governor all the way down to the people who stand up and say, hey, I want to be heard. I want to be a participant in keeping our environment and our, and our culture clean for the next generation to come. You're our leader for that, and uh, we all have the voice here with our, our show. So uh, your, your collaboration is, is huge for us. We're, 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 we're hoping you'll jump on board and help us save jump this planet. On. So, Barry, I have one question. Off-grid, are the utility companies concerned about off-grid and energy storage? Are they concerned about housing developments creating a, an off-grid uh, opportunity? What, what do you think is the resistance I think the resistance is probably comes from a sort of a dinosaur culture. Mm -hmm. This is the way we've always done it. And the fossil fuel industry is, is powerful. Uh, oil, gas, coal, and then you get down to the people that use the utilities. They've been working together for over 100 years. So they like the comfort zone that they have with that cozy relationship. And change doesn't come easy to uh, those dug-in industries that have had a pretty, pretty much their own way for a long time. Now the people, and especially the new generations coming up, are saying, hey, we want a clean environment. Uh, we like the solar energy. Why can't Arizona be the solar capital of the world? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and, and I think the young people are pushing for it, and I'm just hoping that our leaders will listen. Well, and that's I, what I, we need you. We need you to make that change and help us. Because Arizona should be number one. And if we all start with our own state, our own city, our own town, and we're all vocal with uh, the government, we can make changes. But, you know, we all have to speak well, up. I, I think what you folks are doing here with um, in, in the green room is a great way of communicating, getting the word out, stimulating people, informing them, educating them. Uh, what you're doing is making as a real service to this whole process and and uh, I commend you for it. Well, and Barry, you're you're, an, you I, so you're an icon. I am. Such so, an icon. Yes, you are. Oh my gosh! Absolutely. Oh my God. And so having <laughs> having the opportunity for and, you to have this platform. Too. Oh goodness! You if you guys can see the face. Barry is single. He's a, he actually <laughs> a single icon. You're you're over six. Wait, I thought you already have two girlfriends. 
What? Me and Chrissy, we, you've got two girlfriends. I don't think he wanted you to say that live on the air. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm just teasing. That's the next, that's the next show. I know, right? Yeah. But, Barry, I do have a serious question. So, you know, and we appreciate you telling us we're doing our part, but what would be your advice for people who are trying to do their part and they continue getting shot down and rejected? What would you say to motivate and inspire them to keep going? Well, I... <sighs> You know, get out and carry a sign mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is how you get. you got to get attention mm-hmm. from your leaders, and uh, they pay attention to people that, that organize and get together and make their voices heard. You get involved in elections, you know. Uh, challenge your, your, your elected leaders, the congressman, your senator. And, and, and talk to them about it. Well, you have all those connections. You know all the senators and governors and all that. So we're going to be knocking at your door, Barry. <laughs> well, I can hardly wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are going to come back to a little bit more Barry, but we also have another guest and we also have some music coming up. We've got uh, Mills in. They're jamming with us some rock and roll. We've got Keith and Jeff. So they're coming up here. So if you guys want to go ahead and start getting ready. And then we also um, have Steve from the Elk Society that's coming up as well. Exactly. So, and then we'll come back with some more Barry because Barry talks. Barry talks. It's our new part of our show, <laughs> Barry talks. Oh, boy. So <laughs> while they're, they're getting um, ready, Kinga, oh. you had a, a nice weekend. Tell, tell us a little bit about what was going on. Uh, I had a wonderful weekend. I, I actually got to yesterday do something with Barry. Uh, we had, we had a nice dinner with your friend. What was your friend's? Ken Pinkard. Ken, Ken Pinkard. Ken Pinkard. Ken Pinkard. And, uh, we had a, a nice time at, uh, once again, El Charo, uh, in Paradise Valley. And, uh, Brian, what did you do? <laughs> <clears throat> well, yesterday was my seven year anniversary. There you go. Happy um, anniversary. Thank you. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Great. Um, you know, and it, it was exciting. We actually went to the gym with the kids, uh, which you would think, well, that's not very romantic. Yes, but we're going to we're going to have a Friday night. No, Kinga, don't night. fool him. That's not romantic. But listen to this. I, 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 I like to work out. I have a funny story. Kids? I have a funny story. Okay, tell okay, it to okay. us. So we got home, and um, you know, I was we were getting ready for bed, and my my wife started brushing her teeth, and she uh, I heard the, <laughs> heard the faucet go on. And it kept running and running, and I thought, ah, you know, she's almost done. Well, probably 30, 40 seconds went by, and I went in there and I shut it off. And she looked at me just like, okay. <laughs> and I said, honey, I just, I just can't hear, I just can't listen to that. And so it was interesting. I <laughs> mean, it it's weird things like that that, that just kind of bite at me, but it was cute. I mean, we laughed about it this morning. Well, your real reason you just didn't know subconsciously is just you didn't want to waste water. That's what was really because well, green. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, he's that's, so green. That's, he's that's all about what green. it gets down to. I mean, there's little habits that we can make, little changes. Like, um, I bought a blue recycling trash can, and I put that next to our regular trash can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I teach the kids, my two and four year old, you, what you put in the recyclable bin and what you don't. And it's little things like that that people don't think about, but it's it's really cool. Oh, so I had lunch today with, I want to mention Chrissy Wilswinkle, who I went to high school with, and uh, she and I have been friends for a long time, and she's now uh, working with uh, uh, our Secretary of State, Michelle Reagan, and they're going to be on our show next week. That's going to be a good show. So, All right. Well, in, in the meantime, I think we are ready to do a little bit of dancing, and we got the right uh, crew here to do that. We've got Mr. Keith and Jeff of Mills Inn getting ready to do their thing. 
Uh, you guys want to tell us a little bit about you. How long have you been playing together, Jeff? Uh, Milzen has been together, uh, gosh, um, about uh, eight years. So a few changes in the lineup here. There, We've been around since 2008. Um, we play all over town. We've played in front of national acts. We've done played out of state. We've played in all over the state. So we've been, and we have uh, three releases out. All right. Well, what are you going to play for us tonight? Um, this song is off our latest uh, called The Swan Session. It's, it's a song called Be Here. All right. We're here very, we go. Uh, we're very organic. Oh, you're very organic. I hear that. He even has green in his shirt. <laughs> you got it? Very nice. A little bit about that song. Um, that is uh, Keith can help you out with that one. That is uh, yeah, we wrote that back away, so I'm gonna say about 2005 ish. 
right around that time frame. And um, really the thought behind it, I was sitting on the couch one day in my cozy little living room, and I thought, I can't be in the past, I can't be in the future, I can only be here. So be here and make it count. Live in the moment. Yes. Well, thank you guys. We will hear a little bit more from you guys a little later on. What do you guys think on Facebook? Chime in. Let us know what you think about them. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. So um, when you come back, I want you guys to let us know what you guys are doing to help save the planet. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> and Kinga wants to dance. All right. Yeah. And Quita, you better dance with Of me. course. How can we not dance? Hey, that's healing, right? so i wanted to tell you guys about a little thing that we are going to start doing here on in the green room and it's theme days so we want tuesdays to be testimonial tuesday what do you think about that barry kind of got us started so the way it works is testimonial tuesday it's where listeners or business can call and say hey i'm a testimony to something happening so it can be you heard something on the show and it made you make a change. It can be another business king. Didn't we have one business that was on and now they have changed their whole recycling glass program? Yes, El Charo. El Charo. He's going to be recycling glass. Okay, so those are the type of things. So we want you guys to get involved. Start doing shout outs and we'll start doing little giveaways just for that. We want to know what people are doing. We want to know what you want us to do more of what you need help with, because that's the gist of the show. It's saving the planet one show show at a time. Uh, Rhythm Room is also, we have Rhythm Room also now. And if you guys know of businesses that are doing their part, call them out. Tell people about it, because guess what? That's going to inspire and motivate other businesses to do the same thing. So true. You know, it's funny, because I just want to say something. So being in, you know, retail, shopping centers, when I see a shopping center owner put recycle cans, solar, do things like that, as a tenant, I want to go to that shopping center owner because I see that they're doing more. They they feel like doing better things, and they're thinking ahead. And so in my profession, I look for relationships and owners that take that extra step. And it's interesting. Now, we're going to start bringing an emphasis and an education on those people that are doing that. And, and if our listeners out there uh, can make a difference at their local establishments, uh, restaurants, wherever you frequent, and, and ask questions. See, you know, because some of the, uh, for example, the Rhythm Room, mm-hmm. Rhythm Room, he didn't know that their recycling was not uh, recycling the glass. He did not know. Right. Don't and, assume everybody Right, because they don't know. And, and when you ask questions, they ask questions, and then we, they find out, and they start making changes. So be, be the voice. Speaking of making changes, one of our main sponsors. Goodwill. Goodwill. Uh, I did not, uh, I'm not going to lie, I did not buy this dress. Did you buy your, your coat at the Goodwill? No, I, I, uh, <laughs> I bought this a long time ago. And, uh, but no, I, I have worn a coat from Goodwill. Um, I know that Craig's shirt's from Goodwill. Okay, let's I know look. that Craig. his jeans are from yeah, Goodwill. <laughs> well, due to budgetary constraints, uh, we have to do a lot of shopping there because I have two kids. One's 20, one's 16, and the 16-year-old is still growing. Mm-hmm. And once in a while we get new clothes, but I'm just thinking Goodwill's a good place to be inexpensive about buying clothes for your growing kids because if you constantly buy them new, 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 you got to go broke. And they also have a career center that um, helps you get that dream job that can help us uh, with all those kids, right? Which, which my daughter frequents nice. uh, habitually because mm-hmm. there's one right down the street from us. So mm-hmm. she goes there a lot trying to find a job, and uh, they've been quite helpful. Yeah, 23 career centers. They wow. work with 700 employees. Um, and and on, the, uh, on the sustainability of Goodwill, 
yeah, we just think about, yeah, if I need a donation, I call them. But we're actually having an event March 23rd. We have limited spots. But a luncheon. We will, yeah, a luncheon. We will have more. But we actually visit their main clearance center where they have their career center. They have testimonials and stories of people that have been changed by Goodwill, whether they they reach a, uh, you know, a fork in the road and they get more counseling and education and information on how to how to, uh, you know, do a job interview and adapt to where we are today, computer skills. So I'm excited and Goodwill. They will recycle a left shoe to another left shoe, even mm-hmm. if they're different colors. Right. They don't throw anything away. The, the, the speakers at this luncheon are, are so inspirational because some of them were living out of their cars. I mean, they didn't even have a home, clothes, food. And because of the goodwill, they, they now have jobs and they're successful. And, you know, um, we're, we're going to be there for this luncheon. And I hope Barry over there is going to join us on March 23rd for this luncheon. Barry, I'm putting you on the spot. You, I mentioned it to you. Oh, I'll be there. No question. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yay, Barry. You guys heard it live. And just so you guys know, too, we are live on our Facebook page. It's in the green room dot green. Actually, Barry has a couple of um, lady friends already flirting with him there. So, guys, interact. Uh-oh. We'll read some of your comments. But right now we're talking about making a change. And I think we have another perfect guest for that. We've got Mr. Steve Clark, and he is the executive director of the Arizona Elk Society. And we are so excited to have you here. What is the Elk Society? Because <laughs> yes, when you first because... told me, I'm like, what is an Elk Society? Basically, in a nutshell, we've been around since 2001, raising funds for wildlife conservation here in Arizona. Most of wildlife, con- wildlife conservation has to do with habitat restoration. Animals need food. Animals need water. Animals need a healthy forest. That's what we provide. You know, in in in. In the other essence, education. We educate people about wildlife conservation. We educate youth how they should get involved in conservation to save, you know, basically save our planet. That's actually one of my favorite things, nature and being out in nature. So you're my hero. I mean, I I always try to find a different trail to hike. Uh, Thank you. Well, uh, Forest (laughs) Service has had budget cuts for 20 years. You know, they're not able to do a lot of the work that's out there now. You know, and we we tell everybody we are the boots on the ground. We're doing the work. We're doing it as volunteers. It's in most cases, it's free. We raise our money through banquets and raffles and other places and sponsors. But we go out and do a work project with the U.S. Forest Service and Arizona Game and Fish. 180 volunteers show up. You know how much work you can wow. get done in a weekend with 180 people that want to work? That's a lot work? of volunteers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's an amazing amount. You know, we're restoring watersheds. We're restoring meadows, wet meadows or riparian meadows that haven't had water in the creeks in years, haven't had grass or dirt. We go in and we do whatever's needed to restore those areas. You know, 80% of Arizona was grassland 100 years ago. There wasn't trees on every acre. There wasn't junipers on, on every hillside. You know, and those things are soaking up our water. There's a reason the rivers don't run. There's a reason creeks don't run anymore. And it's, you know, the Forest Service has done a huge disservice in mismanagement of the forest as far as the amount of what we call woody browse. You know, we restore grasslands every year. You know, that's what we do, hundreds and hundreds of acres as volunteers. You know, and then we also raise money to fund contractors to do hundreds of thousands of acres every year. I'm so So, impressed. Quita and Brian, are we going to go and... Uh, partake and help out. And- yeah, well, and you know what? That's huge. When you say you got that many volunteers, what that says is so many people really do care. 
You know, you have so many other people because a lot of times, guys, you know, you know the drill. I mean, we have our lives, we get busy and we don't pay attention to some of the things that we should. Well, and, and some of us don't have that support as exactly. well. But seeing that many people show up. Oh, the support's there. Well, in talking to Steve, I know he Good works. Point. He has a program with veterans, too, and, and involves, you know, that that uh, again, that giving back, but working with that community. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Steve? A couple of years ago, we had a, a volunteer that was doing some free hunts for veterans, wounded veterans. You know, we take wounded veterans. Arizona Game and Fish has a tag transfer program that if you get a big game tag to go hunting, you can actually transfer that to a wounded veteran in Arizona. Wow. But the organization that you you give it to has to provide the experience, has to provide the hunt, the food, the transportation, everything. So there, a couple of years ago, the Arizona Elk Society, we sat down and said, hey, let's do three or four of these and try this out. We ended up doing 37 hunts the first year. You know, and these Incredible. are veterans that are that are severe, pretty severely wounded. You know, so it's a lot of special circumstances. Since then, we've done almost a hundred hunts in two years. You know, and it's just amazing. And what let, are we hunting? Uh, you know, big game. We've we've done you know the the elk, the deer, the, the uh, javelina. We just got done with with eight javelina hunts. We took eight guys out about two weeks ago on a javelina hunt, and, and about six of them got a javelina. You know, we work with meat processors to process the meat and package it so their families now have fresh meat, organic, fresh meat. I was going to ask you about that because, uh, I mean, no offense or anything, uh, some people are very against hunting. I I mean, I know Brian is right here. Well, no, it's not that I'm, you know what, I'm just not educated on hunting. So when I read a little bit about Elk Society, um, you know, hunting is, you know, in a way, if we didn't have it, we would be in a big bind, right? Hunting is a tool. Right. For right. wildlife management. It's a tool. It's not in, in nowadays we have regulated hunting. You go back into the late 1800s, early 1900s, there was no elk in Arizona because market hunting wiped those elk out. There was no bison left in the United States after there was millions roaming free before that because of market hunting. You know, so sportsmen, hunters stepped up and said, we need to regulate ourselves. We need to put science and technology and, and biology at the forefront and manage this wildlife for the sustainability of their habitat. So it and helps use, their habitat. Use hunting as a tool. If you if you let elk range again over the area that they would, there's not enough habitat. You've got highways in the way. You already have accidents from elk and deer and animals. You know, if you let them, you know, propagate, there's going to be millions of them. You go back east, you know, it's it's a common thing to put, you know, to run into a deer in Ohio. That's common. There's so many deer and not enough hunters. You know, and, and there's nothing... There's nothing bad about hunting. You know, again, it's a tool. But people need to understand that 99% of the hunters are conservationists. We're the ones putting the money and the effort into sustaining the habitat and it's sustaining the woods that you see out there today. But see, that's we, we want to learn about that. I, I, our listeners out there, I want to learn. I, I, don't, I didn't know that because I'm not a hunter. Uh, I, I'm not somebody that's against it or for it. Uh, but I would say me. over 50%. We have about 900 volunteers across the state. Okay. Fit, I'll bet you 50% of them are not hunters, but they like the work we do for the, for the habitat, for the future generation to go out and see those elk and to see the, you know, the bison and the deer. You know, somebody has to do that work. The Forest Service used to do it, but again, they cut their budgets. You know, so they don't have wildlife biologists even on staff in some Well, of the and forest. you're not just working with wildlife. We, we were talking a little earlier about the juniper tree. 
and how much water they use. And of course, we all know juniper. When we burn it, it smells beautiful. But juniper is such a, a, a depletion of water. Can you tell us what a juniper tree does in water consumption? Juniper in Arizona, we call it woody browse. You know, 80% of Arizona used to be grasslands. Now it's covered by juniper. You know, the junipers have invaded. and They're an invasive species that just takes over, especially in drought. You know, and, and a lot of people don't understand. A mature juniper is pretty big. In a rainstorm, a mature juniper in one day can soak up 33 gallons of water. So you, you can imagine, you know, years ago when that water used to run down through the grasslands, into the creek beds, into the rivers, you know, those are the reasons rivers aren't running today. Those are the reason that the water sheds down is because we, we have let the trees over, you know, years ago, back in 100 years ago, we had 50 to 70 trees per acre, pine trees. Now we have areas with over 2,000 trees per acre. Hmm. They got to be fed water somehow. Absolutely. So, so Barry, I, I have a question for Barry on this topic. Barry, can you hear me? Barry Goldwater yeah, Jr. Yeah, I can hear you all the way over here. Okay, thank you, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Barry, I know there's a place uh, near Santa Monica where you did some restoration or uh, helped uh, the terrain there. What did you do? What we saved, uh, we, we created the largest urban park in the United States, the Santa Monica Mountains uh, Urban Park. Uh, we worked four, five, six, seven years to turn this half of the Santa Monica Mountains into a park. And I worked with a number of congressmen. I didn't do it by myself, but I was involved. And then right at the end of the Santa Monica, we, uh, we saved an estuary. Estuaries are the lifeblood of the ocean where the fish come in, lay their little little fishies, and they eat all this, the swampy stuff, and then they go back out to the sea. But estuaries traditionally have become harbors and places where man has developed uh, boat places to park your boat. But uh, in doing that, we destroy that that uh, that that area. And so I was able to save that uh, along with the Santa Monica Mountains. I love that area. And by the way, uh, they're not all bad things with junipers. They make gin out of juniper berries. <laughs> well, I'm going to plant a couple in my backyard. Then. You know, it, it's like Barry said, you know, we're, we're ruining ecosystem that's been here for millions of years and has worked properly. We've ruined it by mismanagement, by, you know, in some places there's, we've let cat, cattle graze in areas they shouldn't be grazing. You know, he, he's talking about estuaries. We have riparian meadows. You know, in Arizona, less than 2% of Arizona is riparian meadow, which is a wet meadow of grass and, and with a creek down the middle of it. Many of these meadows are headwaters to the rivers we have today, and we've let those go. Now they're dirt. You know, the channels have incised, the water tables have gone down, so now the water just goes into the ground. It doesn't run down the streams. The trees, as the ground hardens, because most riparian meadows are sponge meadows, as they harden the trees, the woody browse comes in and starts sucking more water out of it. You know, and that's what the Elk Society does because that is 2% of the state is riparian meadow, 80% of the wildlife in the state. And Arizona has more species of wildlife than any other state in the union. Mm. We have over wow. 800 species of, of wildlife in Arizona. Wow. And, really? and 80% of them depend on these riparian areas for water, for feed, for food, for homes. You know, it's just, it's important. And that's what Elk Society has stepped in and said, hey, we will restore these meadows. We, we concentrate on top of the muggy on rim, you know, in, in the rim country up there, there's tons of riparian meadows and we've got a huge project coming up May 20th. We're restoring the headwaters to West Clear Creek. 
which is a three and a half mile meadow. Mm. We this will be our fourth meadow that we've completely restored. The other three were dirt when we started, and now they're lush green grass. The water's running in the creek channels again. The water tables come back up. You know, and now we're we're starting on our newest. This will be our largest one. Well, and historically, I mean, we used to have seven running rivers mm-hmm. in Arizona. Now I think we only have one. Right? Is that right? The Basically Salt River. Basically, one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but if you look historically, Arizona had thousands and thousands of springs. Most of those have dried up. You know, we can we can we restore springs. There's a way to restore the springs. You know, if you can again get the woody brows from sucking up all the water, you know, restore the soil, you know, those springs will come back. You know, obviously we're in a drought, so we need Mother Nature to help a little, you know, but there's a lot of work that we can do as as sportsmen, you know, we do it as sportsmen because we love the land, you know, and it just I tell people at every project, we're doing this for your future of your kids, you know, because we want this to be here. You know, a lot of the projects that you see on our papers, you know, wooden wooden fences, log fences to protect those meadows from ATVs and things like that, you know, is is to to help restore what we have today and get make it better. We can't make new land, but we can restore what we have. Steve, uh, this is Barry again. Uh, Yeah, Barry. Uh, You know, to go right along with what you're talking is the Healthy Forest Mm -hmm. Program. Uh, so much of Arizona is covered by forest, but it's destroyed. A lot of it's destroyed every year by forest fire. And the reason that we these forest fires get out of control is because we're not keeping the forest clean of that, all that underbrush and the small little trees that grow up. We need to, uh, we need to get uh, more of an effort in that area to save these forests. Well, I'm actually on what's called Forefry, on the board for Forefry which is the Four Forest Restoration Initiative. That's part of the, how we pick the projects we do, is we use the, the biologists and the Forest Service to isolate these areas that we as a small group, and, and even though we're the largest conservation group in Arizona, we're small in the big scope of things. But we use Forfry. You know, they want to restore 2.4 million acres of the pine, mm-hmm. mainly the pine forest here in Arizona. But we can't forget the grasslands, because the antelope depend on grasslands. There's there's all kinds of, you know, jumping mice and all snakes and all kinds of animals that, re, that you know, need that grassland ecosystem. But, you know, in those forests, there's a, there's a uh, market for, those, for that small diameter trees and shrubs in, for bioenergy. Right. There's a plant, I think, up in northern Arizona. Yep, there's one in Winslow. There's, you know, they've actually even experimented in the coal plant in the last couple months. They've ground up woody brows, you know, from these small diameter trees, mixed it with the coal. It, I don't remember the percentage. Yeah. And it worked as a thermo. Well, that's right know, up so. here in northern Arizona that mm-hmm. that's going on. There's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of things that Steve's involved in that's very, very important. Yeah. Right now, the biggest issue is, is we need to develop more market for the small diameter trees and the, and the slash that comes off the trees. The biggest problem right now, we have tons of projects going on near Bill Williams Mountain in, in Williams. The nearest plant that uses it, like Barry says, is way over in the White Mountains. The transportation costs negate any gain we would get from from using the material. So we've got to we've got to get past that hurdle. I have a question, Barry. I know you spent a lot of time in those forests because your dad was taking all those beautiful mm-hmm. pictures, the yeah. photographs that your dad would take. Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, you obviously appreciate those forests because you've have you spent a lot of time in the forest? Oh, I I live in the forest. It's my second home. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Well, I, I, I love photography, so I'm kind of, uh, I, I love nature, just going out and taking pictures of sunsets and wildlife and uh, mountains and 
all the preserve. I love it. So the great thing about Arizona question. is it's diverse culture. It's it's got everything. Yeah, you know, an hour, an hour, too. hour and a half, and you're yeah. sixty-five, seven thousand feet. It's beautiful. It's a be- beautiful state. Yes, it is. So I have another question for you about Oak Creek because I feel like that creek a lot of times is dried up and sometimes it's really polluted. Does your society uh, ever focus on that Oak Creek? We don't do a lot with Oak Creek. Most of that's a state park, so it's run by a whole different system. It's not forest service. But we're doing thinning up on top where a lot of that water comes from. You know, if we can get that area thin, you know, when they had the slide fire, you know, the forest is overgrown. Those fires burn at such a high rate of temperature. It just burns everything. It moonscapes the land in some cases. It never comes back. You know, so we're trying to force the Forest Service to get in there and thin that and clean that stuff up so the water runs back into the creek clear and clean, you know, and, and, and helps that. But that's, you know, one thing that the Elk Society did in 2013, we were having such a hard time working with the Forest Service to get their sawyers, their, their chainsaw operators, out on our projects to help cut trees. We actually trained our own sawyers. We have our own chainsaw crew. Now I think we have 33 guys that are certified by the federal government to cut trees. So we cut trees for the Forest Service for free. I want to do that. I want to learn how to use a chainsaw. <laughs> well, and I think a lot of people don't, want don't to do give that. Kinga so. a chainsaw, no, we're please. not giving Kinga a chainsaw. Please. We're not going to do that. I want a chainsaw. But you do have a lot of people who want to help. So you're telling us all of these things that need to be done and what you guys are doing. What can we do to help move this along? You know, the, the number one thing, obviously, is, is volunteers. The more volunteers we have, the more work we can do. You know, fundraising is important. Our banquet's coming up April 8th. It's almost sold out. You know, we usually raise about almost half a million dollars there Where is every it? year. It'll be at the Mesa Convention Center. Uh, we yeah, all should go. It's $75 to attend uh, per person. You can buy a table if you want. We have corporate tables, reserve tables. We do raffles online, and, and we're looking for sponsors and donors all the time to raise money to keep this work going. You know, because there's, there's, there's tons and tons of work. It's amazing how much work is out there. If you want to buck the system of the government, you know, it's very hard sometimes to get the government to let you do something for free. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Well, we want to help you. Our show is all about saving the planet, and what you're doing is saving the planet in a huge way. ArizonaElkSociety.org. You know, if you can go there, sign up as a volunteer. If you can help with fundraising, you know, we've got tabs up there to, to log in volunteers. We're always, you know, our work projects, we feed everybody. So we need cooks, we need bottle oh, washers, yeah. you know, we need everything. You and know, a chainsaw. If, if you want a chainsaw, <laughs> you, you know, it's a 40-hour class. Bring your chainsaw and we'll put you through the class. It's Have a fun. pretty rigorous class. Yeah, no, it just, it just, there's tons of opportunity to get involved in doing good things for the habitat, for the ecosystems. You're our yeah, hero. No. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank so, you for having uh, me. So after our music, we'll hear a little bit more from Barry and Steve. But first, we've got Keith and Jeff. You guys are going to, uh, what you got for us now, guys? Um, we're going to do a song from our last CD, previous CD. Okay, and while they're getting a ready. more of a danceable tune, I think, for you. Steve, we've got one of our Facebookers asking you again, what is that website? www.arizonaelksociety.org. And we'll make sure to have that on our site and our Facebook page in the green room dot green. Take it, guys. All right. The song's <laughs> called The Castle.
doing everything we weren't supposed to be doing. <laughs> well, and these are original songs, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys have... So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, like I said earlier, we, um, we play... We do original music. We play all over town. Um, we play throughout the state. We've done some out-of-state um, stuff. We, um, we, record, we have three releases out. We're working on some new singles right now. Um, and we just... Three uh, CDs? We're, well, yeah, we have three CDs out, yeah. Okay. Where, They're all on iTunes, Spotify. Wow. So, okay, that's um, amazing. Where do, they, where do you guys play? Like, where can we see locally? Uh, the next show is coming up is in Tempe. It's a place called the Time Out Lounge. We're playing for St. Patrick's Day on the 17th. But we play Shady Park in Tempe, Crescent Ballroom downtown. I love Crescent Ballroom, yeah, really? Yeah, we played at the Rhythm Room Tucker before. Woodbury's place. Yep. Okay. Uh, we played at the Rhythm Room before. We yeah, we played the marquee, um, you name it. I can't, I can't really think of too many places we haven't played, to be honest. So all over town. Well, I hope you'll be a regular. You guys are awesome. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. We really appreciate it. Anytime you absolutely. guys want to be here. We can't turn down music. No, it's great. <laughs> it's awesome. Thank you. Can we, can we hear one, one thing you both are doing uh, to save this planet? She stomped You're on the spot. Right. Even if you don't flush the toilet in between, you know... Uh, never mind. Brian, I, I don't think I can't. No. I'm getting very sensitive on the things I buy that are just super wrapped in plastics. Um, I used to live in the woods. That you know, you recycle. I'm trying to buy products that are less wrapped. These in, you know indestructible pr products. You have to use mm -hmm. scissors and a razor blade to open, and then you end up with piles of plastic. I mean, it's that's not recyclable. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, Yep. You know. People don't realize so, it. I, go ahead. Um, I, all I know is, you know, each week when we take out the garbage, the recycling bin is much fuller than the garbage bin. So we really do a great job in our house of recycling. It's our biggest thing we do. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you guys again for being on the show. We'll thank definitely you. have you it. back. And we've got about three minutes left. We're going to uh, talk about a couple of those Facebook comments. And then also Steve and Barry had a couple of things. And Steve... You were saying, you know, there's a whole nother section of people who really need to um, that are benefiting that that we need to talk about. The, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the veterans program. There's there's a lot of wounded, disabled veterans in Arizona that need an opportunity to what we call heal through hunting. You know, get them out into nature. And, oh, he, yes. you know, the hunts that we provide are free. A lot of them, you know, we, we're doing all kinds of them. One thing we're having a hard time finding is veterans that qualify. And it's an Arizona state statute that they, they have to qualify for for this tag transfer. But I encourage anybody that knows a wounded veteran here in Arizona, it's got to be an Arizona resident, please go to our website, ArizonaElkSighted.org. Go to the Hunts for Hero page and call. Call our coordinators or, or sign up, you know, because, you know, we're there to help you. That's what we're there for. Yeah, I tell everybody that up until we started this program, and I've been helping kids for 20, 30 years, you know, learn about outdoor skills, helping veterans is the most worthwhile thing I've ever done. You know, it's great. That's awesome. Barry, what would you say is the most worthwhile thing you've done? Oh, boy. <laughs> Wait, Put today him on the spot. I know, right? We need at least a whole week. We, we well, while while he thinks about that, I'll tell you what I, I think, uh, for me, the most important thing I've ever done is this show. This show is making a difference in the green room. In, in the green room, sorry. And uh, I, I feel like people get so excited when they hear about our show. They want to be on the show. They're telling everybody. And just spread the word, everybody, because it's all about doing good, recognizing good and solutions, not problems. So, Ryan? 
No, Barry. <laughs> Barry. Oh, the most important? You know, I, uh, I love my mother and father, uh-huh. my brother and my sisters. Most important thing I've ever done. Oh, so that's he's so saying sweet. Love. love is the most important. <laughs> and love makes the world go round. It makes everyone happy. Hey, we got our, our first uh, public Tuesday testimonial on Facebook, guys. So it comes from Rose King with Glass King. She says they recycle glass for the Biltmore, Kierlin, Chandler, Scottsdale Fashion, and Santan Village. We applaud the local malls for doing their part. That's awesome. Thank you, Rose King. We hey, want more of that. A okay. quick shout out to Goodwill. Yes, Steve. Great new stores. You know, the new stores are great. You put one in my neighborhood. I love going down there once a week to see what's new. You know, the, the new stores are really nice. Well, and Steve, we'd love for you to come uh, to the March 23rd lunch uh, because it's it's interesting what Goodwill does with veterans, too. And I see a big correlation of us all working together for veterans, you well, know, then, and, and it would be awesome to have you come. Well, and I'll reciprocate, and, and you, you're welcome to come to our banquet. I'll give you a seat or two at the banquet. Oh, awesome. that's amazing. Uh, yeah, we the are with there. On. Thank yeah. you. Thank we'll, you. We'll mention right. it on our show. Sounds thank good. You. It's been a great, great show as usual. We want to thank our guests, of course, Mr. Steve with the Arizona Elk Society, Barry Goldwater Jr., and Mills End, and, of course, our sponsors, Goodwill. And don't forget, what are we doing, guys? We are saving the planet one, one show at a time. time. Wait, Barry, did you have fun? Did you have fun? I, I told you you were going to have fun. Did you have fun? Thank you for listening to In the Green Room. Join us here live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Or anytime on demand 24-7 on StarWorldWideNetworks.com. <laughs>